the older I get, the more I learn that I'm not really good at multitasking. I'm pretty sure I'm not any worse at multitasking than I used to be, maybe better, but I'm learning to accept that I wasn't really ever good at it in the first place. Elizabeth could attest to you that truth that she can tell when even though she's speaking to me and I might even be answering back that I'm not really listening. And it doesn't surprise her, I think, now when a couple of days later she reminds me of it and I act like I'd never heard it before because, in fact, I hadn't ever heard it before. I'm not really good at multitasking. This gospel lesson is a warning to me and a bet to others as well. Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem and they stop off in a town. They stop off and are guests at the home of Martha. Martha receives them and she's busy trying to serve them, trying to make sure all their guests are taken care of. And in the meantime, we're told Martha's sister Mary is just sitting there listening to Jesus. Martha, frustrated by this, approaches Jesus and says, Tell her to help me. Don't you care that she's left me to do this by myself? Tell her to help me. And then Jesus gives the kind of response that, that cuts most of us, I bet, to the quick, which is, Jesus says, your sister's chosen the better part. Why don't you just shut up and do what she's done? But of course, that's not actually what he says. That's just what I hear him say. It's easy, I think, for people like me people who uh, represent, at least in theory, a life devoted to ministry, a life in the outside way devoted to following Jesus, and particularly easy for people like me who are men in the church to read this gospel lesson and preach on this gospel lesson and say, those who have the luxury of sitting and listening to Jesus have chosen the better part and those people who do that other work, and we wouldn't say it like this, but I wonder if we mean woman's work, they could learn from us. They could learn from what we've done. Jesus says we've chosen the better part. It's easy for us to hear this lesson and preach a sermon that sounds like we should all give up the busyness of our life because those people who make all of those important things happen, often behind the scenes, aren't as valuable as those of us who sit up front, who sit at Jesus' feet, who get credit for being thoughtful. But that's not at all what this gospel lesson is about. When Luke introduces Martha's frenzy to us, he doesn't say that she was busy. He doesn't say that she was overwhelmed. He doesn't say that she was burdened. The word that he uses, the word that Luke uses, is that Martha was... And the word translated for us is distracted, but it doesn't mean distracted. It's a word that doesn't really fit into English. Y'all might know that the New Testament was written in Greek, a, a form of Greek that was popular in Jesus' day in that part of the world. And sometimes the words match up evenly and sometimes they don't. In just a couple of verses after that first moment, Jesus says, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. That one means distracted. But the other word doesn't really mean distracted. It doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything that works well in English. It literally means drawn about. Martha was drawn about by many things. But what does that mean to be drawn about? Drawn, pulled, pulled apart. Um, distracted in the sense of trying to hold 
two things together at the same time, but not really being able to honor both of them. Jesus names for us and Luke names for us that Martha's problem isn't the serving, it's not the busyness, it's not the burden, it's not the nature of her work, it's the nature of where her mind is in that moment. And I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if this story is asking us to hear, to imagine that Martha wants to be there next to her sister. That when she says to Jesus, doesn't it bother you that my sister is here leaving me to do all the work, that what she's really saying is, Jesus, it bothers me that my sister is sitting there while I'm doing all the work, that that's what she really means. Because part of her wants to be there with Jesus, but the other part of her can't let go of all the work that needs to be done. And what Jesus says to her is, there's just one thing that's important, one thing. What is it? Mary has made a good choice. What's your choice? Another confusing bit in the Greek text is that the word that's translated for us Mary has chosen the better portion. The word doesn't mean better. It just means good. But, you know, sometimes if I look at my two sons and one of them has done a good thing and one of them has done a bad thing and I say to the one that's made the mistake, you know, your brother made a good choice. He knows that what I mean is your brother made a better choice than you did. So it might mean better, but it doesn't have to mean better. What if it doesn't? What if we just take the word for what it means? What if Jesus looks at Martha and says, there's only one thing that's needed. Mary's made a good choice. What's your choice? Because you can't, you can't live in two places. You can't be pulled apart. You can't multitask. Where's your heart? And where's your mind? And if they're not in the same place, what are you going to do about that? What might it mean for us to follow Jesus, to serve God, to give our lives in the service of others in ways that give us that deep, unified satisfaction that what we have offered is good and right without needing it to be anything else? If our gift is working in the kitchen, that's good. If our gift is standing up in front of people and preaching, that's good. If our gift is teaching Sunday school or arranging flowers or helping out at the altar or volunteering in the office or tutoring children or being a noble attorney or salesperson, somebody who works in the line at the grocery store, somebody who serves tables, what does it mean for whatever we're doing to be a good choice? What does it take for us to hear Jesus say to us, you've made a good choice, yours is a good portion. I think that we start to hear Jesus say that to us when we put out of our mind that pulled apartness, that need to do what isn't ours to do, and to trust that what is our calling is good. When we trust it, we hear it. Amen.